Hello, comedy nerds. What is up? This is Ian Astrakiza, and thank you for listening to another episode of Characters. This is a incredibly fun episode. One of my favorite filmmakers of all time, David Lynch, has graciously afforded us one hour of his time to do a podcast. He is on with the incomparably talented Sam LaRue. Look out for her. She's going to be the next Naomi Watts or Laura Dern. You better believe it. And uh, also joining them, Jeff Gandell from Montreal Improv and Strand Storytelling. Uh, check it out. It's a very interesting storytelling uh, school, which is based in Montreal, offering online workshops and one-on-one -on -one story coaching. Go on Facebook, Strand Storytelling, or strandstorytelling.com for more information. Anyways, have fun with the show. Good morning. It's March 13, 2021. And boy, howdy, it's Saturday once again. Here in LA, it's sunny in the morning, 48 degrees Fahrenheit, 9 degrees Celsius. A bit nippy, but it'll be warming up to 17 degrees Celsius. 63 degrees Fahrenheit later this afternoon. And here alongside me to accompany me for the rest of the podcast is the very talented, beautiful, wonderful actress, Sam LaRue. How are you? Hi, my dear David. I am quite fine today. Thank you. <laughs> you look more than fine with that red dress and those red lips nursing a black cup of coffee. Why, the Rita Hayworth in me, David, is coming out. <laughs> You're looking fine yourself. Absolutely. I think black is my color. Regardless of the weather in Los Angeles, I am also growing a pandemic beard, which I hope to finally shave once our new film is released, and only if it wins the Palme d'Or at Cannes. So we have a while left. <laughs> your, your beard will be there for a while more. The Pandora is in May, David. Well, as I always said, inspiration and ideas can come from anywhere, even from a particularly large beard that makes me look like some sort of uh, Neolithic or perhaps mythological creature. You're always mythological in my eyes, David. And the Pandora, it's you. If we get it, when we get it, of course, it will be your... My... It'll be the jewel in my crown, is what it will be. And the jewel in your beard. 
Oh, well, we'll see about that. Now, uh, Sam, uh, for those who are unaware of you, you yes. are a wonderful actress in my latest film. I saw you in a wonderful rendition of Waiting for Godot. You played yeah. all of the characters. None of you were on screen. It was just a disembodied voice playing on a recorder, but it made perfect sense with the atmosphere of that play. Completely, David. I'm quite in keeping with your vision. And I received the call the next day from you for this project. The film, which is the envy of lots and lots of people within our industry. We, we can name it right now. Pig Pillow. It'll be out this May to theaters mostly in the south of France, but uh, hopefully on demand and in other channels, however you get your media. Pig Pillow. I just love that name. Well, it reminded me of a nightmare that I had upon seeing you in that particular play. One thing that I'd like to remind our audience is to lean into your nightmares. You will find that sometimes they provide inspiring uh, nuggets or pearls, if you prefer, of intuition and wisdom that can help you on your filmic growth. If you are interested in more on that, we will have a discussion on transcendental meditation following the podcast. Amazing. And David? Yes. Just uh, one more question. The Godot piece. I, I want your thoughts on Samuel Beckett. Because basically, um, I've heard that you are the contemporary of him. Well, that's pretty cool. I, um, <clears throat> I enjoy art that is abstract, obtuse, and produces a sense of mystery and wonder. Now, Pig Pillow, my latest film, I'd like to describe it simply as a film about a woman in danger. Mm -hmm. That woman being you, Sam. Ah! That's an extract from Pig Pillow. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes, and inspired from the sheer terror that I got from that particular nightmare. Oh, there she goes again, my character from Pig Pillow. That was a different excerpt. That was later in the film. But anyway, Sam, one thing that uh, I have been receiving a lot from our listeners are questions regarding creativity during the pandemic. Now, as I've mentioned to you many times on set, Creativity is something that you need to fashion out of the most warped recesses of your mind. This is so true, David, and I've learned so much from you. Such as? 
that uh, you should look in your drawers for creativity during a pandemic. Absolutely. The bottom drawers, the bottom drawers in your kitchen will inspire you deeply in your creativity. And the reason for that is quite simply water damage. It creates patterns in the textiles and the material in your wood that if you look at hard enough in a certain light can provide images that are conducive to the cinematic medium. Also, sculpture. Completely, David. And also, to add to that, completely non-narrative. It's just what you make of it, and you give it to the world. And one thing that I'd like to give to the world is an audience for our next guest, who is a fellow storyteller like myself, and also like you, Sam. Mm -hmm. He is, by many respects, and uh, by reputation, an improviser, a storyteller, as I mentioned. Uh -huh. A musician, mm. a lover of Uniburger and their products. Oh. He is the one and only. I can tell you're very interested, Sam, by your very by mm. those sounds you're creating. Mm. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong sound. That was the wrong <laughs> sound. But give it up, but please. Create the right sound for Jeff Gandell. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Hi. Hi, Sam. Hi, David. Uh, I just want to start by saying I'm a big fan of both of your of your work. Um, so thanks, thanks for having me uh, on the podcast. David, it's an absolute pleasure and privilege to have you on the podcast. Anyone who is familiar with Eraser Head, Blue Velvet, and Wild at Heart is certainly someone that I would like to chew the fat with, sport. Yeah, and you know, I've seen I've seen some of the teasers for Pig Pillow, and uh, I, I'm sure it'll stand up to your best work there, David. Well and mine. As, oh, goes without saying. Yes, of course. Well, thanks, Sonny. In Hollywood, we have an expression that flattery will get you everywhere. Ha. <laughs> it's like a twist on a cliche. How about in Ireland? Is there a similar expression along those lines? I don't know. I've never been to Ireland. I think he's asking me. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, sorry. I, I, wa I was asking Jeff. Oh, Jeff, go ahead. Jeff. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I know a few Irish expressions. So I think the equivalent to flattery will get you everywhere is um, look north where the grass grows. You'll find what you didn't know you had. That's what ye can... didn't know ye had. Oh, now I understand. Yeah. I can confirm that's an actual saying. That's an actual saying, yeah. In fact, I believe that's the saying that's inscribed on the statuettes that are handed out to actors and actresses that win awards at the IFTNs. Is that not correct? 
That is absolutely the case, yeah. <laughs> Very much so, yes. Have you worked with a lot of actors yourself, Jeff? Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. I've done, uh, as you said, plenty of improv, done some acting myself. Um, I have worked with actors. I've taken acting classes also. Now, actors um, yes, Sam. Jeff, uh, sorry, David, I'm butting in there. Uh, Jeff, I'm quite of the Brechtian um, in the kitchen drawer mode method of acting. Mm-hmm. What's your method? What, uh, what have you practiced? Yeah, so I'm I'm like kind of a mix of like Stanislavski, uh, uh, Meisner, and um, a bit of mix of all of them. What else is there? There's Stanislavski. Adler. There's Adler. Adler's in the Stanislavski school, as far as I understand. Uh, so it's I'm like Meisner's Meisner's Lofsky. Meisner's Lofsky, very yeah. good. I'm what. I, you know, I conform to all schools and no schools. Naomi Watts was exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, Naomi. Yeah, she's a, I look up to her. That's very interesting. I always encourage my actors and actresses to not sleep the night before, to uh, resist all temptations to ingest vitamin B12 and or iron. And to show up on set with a diet full of coffee and cigarettes in order to produce that wired, hectic mindset that is conducive to Lynchian cinema. Hmm. And I must admit, this was quite the challenge for me because I'm anemic. So, but it did create the effect, David. It did create the effect. It created an effect so extraordinary. And despite your anemia, one of the things that I love working with, uh, why I love working with Irish actors and actresses, Jeff, is that they do not provide the Hollywood tantrums that you expect from the great, well-known, established stars. They, They have no notions, I think is how they would put that in Ireland. Jeff, you have a vocabulary of Ireland that is very impressive. I've never been there, but I'm an Irophobe. You're, you're uh, uh, sorry. terrified Whoa. <laughs> of Ireland? <laughs> yeah, I am, actually. So I, it's my fear of Ireland that uh, forces me to learn as much as I can about it. In case I'm ever confronted by a wild gang of uh, Irish people, I can hopefully just like talk their language and... Uh, and get them to back down. How do you feel about that, Sam? Well, uh, I'm just considering uh, confronting you in this red dress at this moment after this podcast. Where do you live, Jeff? Here and there. Here and there? Here and there. In uh, Montreal? uh, David was telling me you're based in Montreal, Canada. Yes. But Jeff clearly lives the bohemian life that is conducive to inspiring and compelling art. Therefore, his current permanent mailing address is here or there, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Well, Jeff, I just want to tell you 
that I am Irish and what you've just said is deeply hurtful and I will find you're here and you're there. Wow. So that, you know, my whole strategy just backfired there um, of, of knowing as much as I can about Irish sayings. Well, listen here, chief. It's, it's not. The, it's the it's the lucky lark that loses last, oh, as they say in there's as they say another. in Cork. As they say in Cork, there's another one. And let me yeah. assure you that Sam here is about as pure a person as someone can get. There is nothing to fear. She is the kind of professional who will make a film despite being anemic, on a belly full of coffee and cigarettes dealing with dysentery and also repressed Catholic guilt. That's the worst one. That was the worst one for me. And also just a minor detail during a pandemic. During a pandemic. And listen, if you are listening to this podcast, listeners, we would like to wish you well during this pandemic. Why don't you pop in Eraserhead in your DVD player and uh, enjoy it with a nice glass of beer or warm milk? Warm milk? with Or both. Oh, yeah, like a floater? Yeah, like a floater. Is, are floaters common in Montreal? Yes, uh, they were inspired also by uh, by Ireland. Uh, warm milk and beer uh, floater, as they as they call it, in Kerry, County Kerry. Now you seem like you're a very knowledgeable man, Jeff. Guilty. <laughs> I would assume that you use this knowledge to help produce compelling storytelling. Is that correct? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, tell stories about, you know, my life and all the wacky things that that's happened in it. Give me an example, Jeff, of wacky, wacky things that have happened in your life. Sure. Yeah. So, um, I was, uh, well, this happened when I was uh, a teenager. Uh, I was, um, going downtown with a bunch of friends and um, I don't know why this just popped into my head, probably because I'm so intimidated by, by Sam at the moment. But um, I, uh, we were going downtown. We were probably 15 and we were uh, going to a bar to do some underage drinking on Crescent Street, which was the thing to do at the time at a place called uh, the Bistro, uh, which would serve 15-year-olds with no, no questions asked. And, uh, and we were taking the metro and we were crossing uh, Lionel Gru metro station from you know, the orange line to the green line. Um, and, uh, and this guy, uh, like as we were crossing and the grabbed me and said, did you tell me to fuck off? And I hadn't said a word to this guy. Uh, and he was like, did you tell me to fuck off? And I'm like, what? And then he, and, and then the Metro came and all my friends, uh, just ran into the Metro and deserted me. And then he, uh, he, he pushed me and he, he literally kicked me in the ass very hard. Um, was, was that man, Robert Loggia? Robert Loggia. He's an actor, isn't he? That sounds like something Robert Loggia would have done on Lost Highway. But... Great I'm, film. <laughs> oh, he was in that. Okay. 
wasn't it um like uh not Jeff Daniels, but the guy who looks like Jeff Daniels? Bill Pullman? Bill Pullman. <laughs> you Perhaps? seem you seem to understand each other very well, <laughs> Sam and Jeff. I would have never said Bill Pullman. But was he in Lost Highway? He was in Lost Highway, yes. Yeah, okay, there you go. He was also a great professional. He showed up on time with a belly full of coffee and cigarettes. He was dealing with other ailments such as polio and um, and a bad case of the mumps. Wow. And yet knocked it out of the park because he's a real straight shooter. I didn't even know polio still existed. It did for Bill. It did for Bill. At least it did for Bill in the 1990s. Yeah, I mean, it would have been bad if he wouldn't be able to be in the film, but you could have just gotten Jeff Daniels. Nobody would have noticed the difference. I could have also... (laughs) Bill Paxton is another one that often gets confused with Bill Pullman. Yeah, yeah. Because of the name? Because of the name, yeah. Because of the name. But I assure you, it is not a Dylan McDermott... Dermot Mulrooney situation. That is a very complicated affair, and Hollywood is still struggling with the confusion. Please don't bring that up, David. Please don't bring it up. Trigger warning. Trigger warning. We've already had this conversation about the two Dylans, and okay, we're we're putting it in the kitchen drawer. Where what goes in the kitchen drawer? stays in the yard and goes into your film as As inspiration as they say in Donegal (laughs) that's a classic Donegal thing yeah now um, Buckaroo I would like to talk a little bit about creativity and inspiration during the pandemic yes my favorite topics (laughs) I have learned that uh, you have developed a storytelling school and would like to hear more about it. Yeah, so uh, it's called Strand Storytelling uh, with uh, a good friend of mine named Nisha Coleman, who's a wonderful local storyteller. Um, And uh, yeah, we teach the skill uh, and the art of uh, true life storytelling. So, you know, taking the raw materials of your life and turning them into entertaining stories um and uh, just finished our first showcase uh nisha taught a kind of advanced master class and it was quite moving the, the showcase 12 storytellers uh and uh nisha is going to be giving another workshop uh april 10th and 11th intensive workshop about um you know the fuzzy line between what what is true what does it mean for something to be true uh and also how to really uh, how to really mine your memories when um, when you want to tell a story, but you can't remember, you know, details about what happened. That sounds yeah. actually quite similar to my process when I make my films. Mm-hmm. Now, one, what's your process? My process, I have mentioned in many interviews, I liken the creative process to fishing. Uh-huh. It's a little bit like going out on a boat putting your fishing line in the water and waiting for those good ideas 
to bubble up to bite to bite and bubble up to the surface it is not a nine to five thing but it is something that requires patience dedication focus a predilection for particularly vivid dreams and nightmares and eventually pearls images sounds will emerge from the water into your mind and that is that i mean and if I could, if I could ask, and I, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, because I am a fan of your films. Is that why your films are so slow? My films are slow because it's almost like it's almost like nothing happens in your films. <laughs> it has less to do with my creative process <laughs> and more to do with my speech patterns. <laughs> right, makes sense. Yeah, which are also not very rapid. Is that but, deliberate or is there, again, don't mean to be derogatory, is there some kind of neurological condition that you are that you have? It's a neurological condition that, affl that afflicts all Midwestern Americans oh, wow. who talk like this from a certain time. I grew up in the 1950s Perhaps it was okay. all the Agent Orange. Perhaps. Well, that's because you kind of sound like uh, like a 1950s, like a video, you know, like those videos they would show in school. How to survive the atomic bomb, you know, like those kind of. Thank you for that glowing compliment. <laughs> You're welcome. Sam, did you have something to add? You actually remind me of the 1950s and 1940s range in cinema from David Lean. David Lean. So uh, where the, they have the British stiff upper lip. So maybe there was a, a some sort of connection transatlantic during that period where they all went to the Midwest and they gave birth to people like you. I'll be honest, I am a big fan of Alec Guinness in The Bridge on the River Kwai, and mm -hmm. a lot of my life decisions mirror his choices in that film. So even more so, the reason for your quirky delivery. Perhaps. I will find out when I speak with my therapist later this evening. Oh, well, let us know what, what, what the results are. You, you have to speak to your therapist in the evening. That's hmm. he is David convenient. Lynch, yeah, well, you are David Lynch, true. Or are you in a different time zone from your therapist? My therapist is in Burbank, California. Oh, okay. Burbank, California. That's where Disneyland is, is it? No. Am I wrong? I think you're wrong. Burbank is, uh, it's like where The Tonight Show is filmed. There are a lot uh -huh. of TV shows produced yeah. in Burbank. Unfortunately, my knowledge of Disney and Disney-related uh, merchandising finished when I was in grammar school. Which is also mm -hmm. what the Irish say, Jeff. 
That's right. Yeah, yeah. My 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 affiliation with Disney uh, stopped in grammar school. That is that's actually Northern Irish. So is it British? Is it Irish? Let's not get into that. But yeah, it depends who you're talking to. It depends who you're talking to. That's another Northern Irish saying. Mm-hmm. Depends who you're talking to. Now, Skip, can you tell me some of your uh, personal methods, methodology, uh, whatever you do to inspire yourself to create stories? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I write uh, every day, you know, I just uh, try to do it when I get up. And um, what helps is uh, to write. I try and I try and uh, remember all the interesting things that happened to me the day before um, and take at least five minutes to write that. Uh, which, which is cool. Cause you know, you forget about everything. I would like, I was reading, a, I was actually looking back to like, I don't know, near the beginning of the pandemic, my diaries. And the, there was one where I just went for a walk the other day and saw, I saw a guy uh, who had a pair of shoes with, uh, like tied to his belt. I didn't remember that. Why? I didn't why? ask why. I didn't but ask why. why. I just, that is I did not. Such... He sounds like someone who could be in one of my films, quite frankly. Exactly. Yeah, I just saw it. I didn't get it. Why is a very good question. Um, but that's so that's see, you see, it's about like reporting what happened the day before without judgment. You know, mm. we've all we've all had shoes dangling from our belts. Did he have shoes on his as feet? As they say in Wex, Wexford. What? Sorry. Did he have shoes on his feet? He had shoes on his feet as well. Yeah. So he, he had two pairs of shoes on, I suppose you could say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It seems excessive. There are, I know there's people in the world who don't, who have one shoe or no shoes. Uh, though, I mean, I have several pairs of shoes. I just don't bring them all out with me at the same time. So am I any better? No. And is your anyway? Yeah. Is your go on? Yeah. Is your writing style journalistic or is it a third person omniscient narrator? Or uh, how exactly do you uh, write out all of these observations you have observed? Yeah. So journal journalistic is a good way to put it. Yeah. I try to just uh, you know uh, write what happened. This is what happened, and try to keep the emotions out of it because that's where you get bogged down you know mm-hmm. I've, yeah. al- I've always felt that emotion kills art emotion kills art yeah it does it drowns it Strangu- strangulates it and then drowns it is that some- like sorry sue like kittens in a bucket of water it- emotions what, are drowned like kittens in a bucket of water. Is that a, an Irish what do you mean? thing? I haven't heard that one. No. That's a very uh, local Irish saying. Okay. It means you drown kittens in a bucket of water when they're no good for you. Oh, uh, yeah. See, Ireland doesn't have the same relationship to dogs and cats that we have uh, over here. Uh-huh. Like dogs, okay. dogs live outside. Okay. And uh, is that right, Sam? I'm, I'm, I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And cats, cats are just, they're like flies. They're just a nuisance, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
I know I'm important. going to have weird dreams tonight. Mm-hmm. You can use that one in your next movie. Dave. Yeah, write them down. Write them down I when you wake up. I think so. Twin Peaks season four. Coming up. Cats, drown, <laughs> drowning cats. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Jeff, that's a very interesting approach. And how does that yeah. journalistic account uh, help you create improvisational comedy, for instance? Uh, improvisation. Well, I, I would say that um, <clears throat> improvisational comedy helps me create uh, everything, you know, or, or just like having practiced uh, improvisational comedy and improvisational theatrics um, just, uh, you know, allows you to um, to be in the moment and not uh, question what's happening and to uh, listen and pay attention, you know, because there's there's days I'm sure where I can walk down the street and there's a guy walking uh, the other way with shoes tied to his belt and I wouldn't even notice, you know, it probably happens mm-hmm. all the time, to be honest. Um, but that day I did. Why? I was there. I was present. I was watching. I was improvising while walking down the street. Jeff, I feel like your ideas of drawing from your life and not to question things are uh, perhaps things that I can consider doing myself in my own practice. Well, Dave, I mean, you know, listen, you're obviously doing something that's worked for you, right? So I would say continue along your path. There has been a lot of suffering to get to this point, <laughs> Jeff. Uh-huh. And Jeff? Sue? Would you recommend uh, an improv class for Dave? Is that what you're getting to, Dave? I know you're reluctant to ask. What What do you think, buckaroo? Uh, I sure I would always recommend an improv class. Um, I'm sure you can find some at your local community center that you could sign up for. In Los Angeles, you need to drive to all the community centers. Oh, right, not convenient. And unfortunately, UCB is closed in LA too. I know it closed in New York, it closed in LA. Probably. Tough times. Tough times. Yeah. But perhaps Sue and I could maybe do an improvised scene and you can help guide us along since you Mm -hmm. are such a storytelling master. That would be so much fun. Okay, let's let's do that right now. Okay, so I'll give you a scenario and you can just, you know, just take it away and just improvise, right? So uh, the scenario, oh, okay. There's a, it's your 20th high school reunion uh, and you haven't seen each other in 20 years. Uh, and um, Sue, you always had a crush on David. Uh, that's all the information. You In high school, you had a crush on him and you haven't seen each other in... in 20 years. And I David. call him David. David's David, is it? Or is it? You can use whatever David? name you want. It could be okay, David. You okay. can, you can play a character and David, you, how you feel about Sam, uh, Sam's character is uh, uh, up to you. Unknown. Okay. So uh, there it is. It's music. You know, there's like a mm. cheesy lights dance floor. Um, and uh, there you go. You run into each other. I'll have to use a lot of sense memory for this one. 
Okay, we've started now. So this oh. is part I've of I've just opened my kitchen drawer. Okay, uh, creativity. Okay, we're here. <laughs> Phil! Phil! Hi, Phil. hi, Slugger. How are you? I am so delighted to see you here. Would you like some punch? You are a beautiful lady, and the thought of drinking punch with you delights me to no end. Twenty years, Phil. Here's your punch. The punch is red. Just like your top. <laughs> My top has no name. Just like my dress. And scene. That was wonderful. Wow. Are you sure you haven't done improv before? Come on. Never. Uh, never. So I think for me, you know, it's, uh, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, you'll, David, you, you, you know, it's a cinema. It's probably a theater cinema. It's the, the drama lives in those quiet moments, you know? So uh, there was so much quietness in that scene, which was just so delightful. And and the the weirdness of your answers, David, which felt so genuine. You know, mm -hmm. this punch is red. Could mean so many things. Well, the punch was red. Exactly. Yeah. Buddy, you've exactly. inspired me to perhaps introduce improv comedy work for my new features. Oh, that would be wonderful. I could maybe get Naomi Watts, Laura Dern, and why not Bill Pullman, assuming he has gotten over his uh, polio, and we can maybe do an Armando. I would love for you, David, to do a film about improv. That would be wonderful. <laughs> And Jeff, you never yeah. know, you might have a spot in it, Dave. Would you consider perhaps maybe being a consultant and advisor in such a project were it to materialize, probably for Netflix? I would say that if it fit my schedule, I would most definitely think about it. Of course, because like a true professional, 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 you're- I'm also pro professional. I'm both of those things. <laughs> your storytelling school comes first. That's right, yeah. And would you maybe like to regale myself and Sam with a story of your own? Another story? Um... <laughs> Sure, yeah, no problem. No problem. <laughs> uh, maybe, so, maybe um, could you be inspired by our latest release, Pig Pillow? Or is pig. that asking too much? Uh, no, that's that's just fine. Uh, pig Pillow. Um, well, I was uh, a pillow, uh, makes me think of uh, shoes, uh, which makes me think of I went shoe shopping. Okay. So I went shoe shopping the other day, um, uh, looking for running shoes or, or trainers, as they would call it uh, in Ireland. Um, 
And uh, and as I was in the shoe store, uh, the uh, sales person uh, asked my shoe size and I said, uh, nine and a half. And she said, uh, we only have tens. And I said, ah, sure. Give me the tens. We'll see. Uh, and so uh, I tried them on and they were they were too big, as you would expect. So I said, I'm sorry, these are too big. And she said, well, we can order 9.5s. And I said, um, that'd be great. That'd be really great. And so two weeks later, she gives me a call. They get the 9.5s. I go back. And uh, and they were better, but they I didn't now I didn't like the way they looked anymore. So I said, "Do you have another color?" And she said, "No." And so basically, I'm still looking for shoes. That sounds like an existential nightmare. Yeah, it was pig pillow. Quite, quite Lynchian. Actually, yeah. Now that you mention it. If maybe the uh, store attendant was a talking horse, it would be a David Lynch production. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for this idea, Jeff. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Hey, listen, these things just flow out of me like, like water. Jeff. Sorry for that image. Yeah. Do you believe that breaking the rules is sometimes also conducive to rich and meaningful storytelling? For sure, yeah. I mean, do you have a specific rule in mind? I would say breaking the rules is crucial. Let's say that in your journalistic accounts, you uh, add a lot of your personal opinion towards that man with his shoes attached to his belt, for instance. Mm. Oh, like judge him. Judge him harshly. Yes, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm normally not one to judge, but uh, I, I certainly could, could try. So let's just say, oh, that man with his shoes around his belt, you know, what a bad father. <laughs> That's quite the judgment, Jeff. Yeah, well, we went we went deep. I don't even know if he has kids, but uh, or or that man with the shoes around his belt. I bet he can't fly a helicopter. Well, well, no, he can't because the shoes would be in the way. They'd be in the way. Sam, do you have perhaps helpful uh, tips from an actress with as much experience? particularly mm -hmm. on stage, but also on screen, that you could maybe provide Jeff for his storytelling students who might also consider acting and improvisational comedy. My advice, Jeff, uh, Jeff, are you listening? Jeff, you're listening? Hold on a sec. Jeff? Jeff? Yeah, sorry, I was just uh, daydreaming. Yeah, My advice is when you are looking for creation and thoughts and wisdom, just open your kitchen drawer, the last one down, the damp one. Look inside and be inspired and smell and take the time. I'm sorry, I'm crying over here. 
That was really nice. And the thank you. The benefit of that <laughs> is that your students can easily do it from the their own home. And it's cost effective. It's efficient, easily accessible. So many good factors to the kitchen drawer effect. Now, could it also be a bathroom drawer? Is that also, does that also work? If you don't have a kitchen, a bathroom drawer is fine, yes. Because I, I heard that that's what inspired you to do such a terrific job when you recreated Macbeth yourself. I recreated Macbeth and I played all characters using claps. Not guttural sounds, but claps. Claps of my hands. The kitchen drawer was stuck and I couldn't open it. So yes, David, you're right. I had to look for an alternative. And this is the first time I'm saying this, but I went to the bathroom, opened the bathroom drawer and it just sounded like a clap. (gasps) And that was the instant inspiration for Macbeth. Claps only. Can you can you give us like thirty seconds of Macbeth claps only? That's it. Act two, act scene two. three. Exactly. I exactly. <laughs> I was going to say act two, scene four, but you're right. My Macbeth is rusty. That was scene three. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Jeff. Bravo. I, I absolutely, Sue. That was what we call in Hollywood hey. a knockout. Yeah. That was Act 3, Scene 2. Did you recognize it? I recognized it. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen my work, Jeff. Yes. Yes, I have. Guilty. I have. Now, listen up, champ. Would you be potentially interested in not only doing storytelling on stage, but also on screen? Yeah, as I said, uh, I'll have to check my schedule, uh, but for sure, in theory, why not? Improv's all about saying yes, so maybe. (laughs) Well, we all know in Ireland that maybe means a yes. That's right, yeah. (laughs) I assure you we can get a limo over to your uh, here or there permanent address. You will need to provide it to us. And that limo can take you to the nearest airport. That airport will have a jet plane that can transport you at a moment's notice to Los Angeles, California, where you will be in my latest film with Sam LaRue and Naomi Watts, because Pig Pillow is done, but I'm always looking for the next project. I don't know if you have that same artistic hunger. Yes, I'm artistically famished. So thank you, yes, uh, I accept. 
I will be in your film. You got me. What is the film? The film is simply... Actually, Sam and I have uh, developed an acting technique, which we will uh, demonstrate for you now. We will mm -hmm. name the film at the same time. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> the film... Film... Is called... Is called... Raleigh. The film is called Raleigh. 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 The film is called Raleigh. I see why you have to say it together. Yeah, it doesn't sound good alone. Raleigh. No, but it's Raleigh. So is this like a, like a dirt bike racing movie? It is a dirt bike racing film. Um, listen, the, the, the film name, let's say it's, it's still, uh, a bit tentative because so far all of the distributors and film theaters are unsure of how to actually spell the title. Right. Keep them guessing. So, so far it is legally called, um, guttural grunt in parenthesis. But hope, but rally is sort rally. of what we're going for. And you're very rally. much on the money, champ. It is a dirt bike racing horror nightmare. Incredible. And may I add to Jeff that David, after this interview, I know we talked about it before the interview. He's um, going to introduce some improvisation into the movie. Lynchian improvisation. Mm. Cool. Absolutely. I will have you alongside Amy Poehler. <laughs> and you will do an improv scene at the pit stop. Because I feel like the pit stop is a place where a lot of interesting things can happen. For sure, yeah. Petrol goes in, tires get changed. High intensity. Mm -hmm. Your mm -hmm. excitement is palpable, Jeff. <laughs> Please yeah. bring that energy into the film. <laughs> anyway, Sam. <laughs> Sam, do you have any parting remarks that you'd like to make? Uh, I do indeed, David. It's been a pleasure talking to Jeff. But as you know, I am Irish and we have a deep memory. And I do remember the start of this interview. I will find you. I will find here and there. And we will work together, of course, but there will be consequences to your words earlier in the interview. What? Well, all I have to say is uh, what's on your shoulder won't rain from the skies tonight. Oh, that's strong words. That's a Montreal expression if I've heard one. Mm -hmm. Now, I must mm -hmm. say as, as, the, as the director and producer on this project, Sam, I need to be firmly aware of what you intend to do with other actors and actresses for I am sort of liable for... Uh, 
these sorts of things. Can you give us one well, example? Well, this is a, a crime against the Irish with the irophobe. Isn't that how you put it earlier? Irophobe. Yeah. It's a crime against the Irish. So I will muster up all the Irish people that I know in my little black book, uh, dress book. And we will have you in a small room and we will make you suffer by looking at a bucket full of water. <gasps> Not necessarily full of kittens, but a bucket full of water. So maybe full of kittens. Mm, maybe. Je and you know what maybe means in Irish. <laughs> Jeff, you're means not... yes. <laughs> you're not only an Irelophobe, you're also a Britchinado. A Britchinado? Oh, that's a tough one. Sure am. <laughs> you're going to have some yes. fish and chips over at Uniburger afterwards? A uh, Bricionado, yes. Oh, sorry, I, I pronounced it Bricionado. Um, but yes, uh, I, yes, certainly. Yeah, Univerg is known for their uh, their their breaded haddock. So that sounds good, Ranger. Make sure you leave some for me. Will do, David. <laughs> Thank you very much, listeners, for another fun episode of the David Lynch podcast. I was joined by Sam LaRue, Irish actress of stage and screen, and of course, the Jeffster. Thank Fantastic. you. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, David. Thanks, Sam. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, David. And thank you for never mentioning the film Dune. Oh, <laughs> I know. I know not to. Jeff, good boy. <laughs>